Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. In this episode is Q's of the F. Yes, every episode will lose more letters from the title of our show. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock. Sesame Street taught me that letters and numbers are important. That's why we just are sponsored today by Q's, F's, and A's. <laughs> Q's, F's, and A's. Uh, and a couple of those A's are uh, plugs. Basically, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by an A. That A is 
Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Path to Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland, uh, the first book in Phase 2 of The High Republic. We'll be reading this at some point. We need to discuss when. We just had like a business meeting before we record this and talked for like a half an hour. And we haven't discussed this, but we will. Uh, we're going to let you know that you can download that free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Uh, can we have another A? Mm-hmm. It's called The Ask. And The Ask has been working, and we appreciate your support. We are building out our YouTube channel. Uh, we got cool things coming in 2023, including the debut of our YouTube-only series, Figure Fights. So we uh, would love you to consider, and many of you have, heading over there and subscribing to the channel. We're trying to get to 7,000 subscribers next. That's the next plateau. Build slowly. Make some realistic goals. That's what we're doing. And you guys are all helping us out there. So if you want to head over there, subscribe, hit the notification bell, do all those things you hear YouTubers say over the years. And we got some fun shows on the way. And uh, Joseph, we should say, uh, we got our next live Q&A coming the end of January. We do about once a month. Uh, and we've got January 27th, 3 p.m. Pacific. We're moving it up slowly because we want to uh, be nice to our friends all around the world. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, get uh, get our, our stream at a decent hour, you know? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think we can announce that the Q&A this month will be a Q&A and an S&T, a show and tell, right? It's absolutely going to be an S&T. Uh, we sound like we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, financial institutions. Yes, uh, we are uh, very, uh, well, now we are sponsored in, in part uh, for the live stream and some episodes of the show with uh, the fine folks at Gentle Giant and Diamond Select Toys. Uh, we've got some uh, toys we're going to unbox. We're going to do some reviews as well. And eventually, soon, hopefully, if things go well and the uh, re reaction uh, to the videos is great, we're going to have some giveaways for all of you out there. So cool things coming to 2023 at Force Center. It's been uh, a long journey. Uh, we love uh, the twists and turns in our career. We are ninth broadcast. <laughs> it's an eighth year working together. And we got even more new things coming. And uh, we appreciate all of your support out there. That was an ask into just... Uh, an affirmation, I think. <laughs> Still more A's. Yeah, just uh, thank you to everyone who's been very supportive of our YouTube journey. It's been really fun because we we asked for like, uh, I can't remember what, uh, a smaller number and 6,500, mm -hmm. I think, and hit it. Like, yeah, like, let's let's go for the next 500. <laughs> <laughs> and we it was great. It was like a sports movie. We had plateaued and it was like, oh, no, we left it on the field. And then we've been rocketing back up and we're getting quite close to 7,000 now. So thank you all uh, for going with us on that journey. Yeah. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's been fun. We're still, uh, you know, we love doing the podcast side. We we think uh, podcast without video is a different feel and a feel we like, but uh, we are definitely excited to show you our faces even more. We got some cool episodes coming with figure fights and a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Very excited for that. But for now, let's get to our cues. This uh, is questions of the force, if we're going to use full big words. Uh, and we have two questions, as always, from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter. And this comes to us from Fired Up Cyborg, a great name. Fired Up Cyborg says, hey, friends. Fallen Order features a fantastic song from The Who Band. Uh, what are some other examples of music you think would fit in the Star Wars universe? I can totally picture Ahsoka chilling and listening to some synthwave while staring out a window 
on a rainy Coruscant dusk. Uh, this is this is great. I paused there because I uh, realized I'm not entirely sure I was pronouncing that band's name correctly. <laughs> Ken, I, I think I um, remember vaguely being aware that there was, you know, this uh, known band's music in Fallen Order, but this was fun to do the, the deep dive. Uh, the band is a Mongolian uh, folk metal band formed in 2016, and you can find different versions of the song on YouTube. And I believe it in, in the video game, it's uh, when you, Cal, have been captured by the, the pirates, the crime lord, and have to fight in the arena. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I was uh, doing that as well. Because remember the song, but I just, it, you know, you don't connect it right away. You're worried about, you know, am I going to get sliced by animals and stuff? So I, I did what you did as well. And was listening to this uh, great Mongolian band's uh, music. They got a lot of lot of things that could appear in video games or movies. They're soundtrack ready. <laughs> what do you think of the song? And did you enjoy it in the context of Fallen Order, or were you too busy? Uh, like, hey, that that's nice that there's music, but I'm fighting for my life. Yeah, totally that, and, and and totally was aware of it. And like, oh, that's right, there was a song, and and fired up Cyborg, which is a great name for this question. Uh, got me thinking about it, and I, and I, I did the dive this morning over coffee, uh, just researching this question overall, but had a lot, had a lot of fun uh, listening to this band and just watch what they're putting together. Such a unique, you know, uh, uh, wonderful band. Like I said, I, I brought them up on uh, the old uh, the old streaming music sites and was like, oh, that I'd write a movie scene around this one. Oh, this, I hope this <laughs> one a great, interesting sound. I'd love to know how the, the music uh, coordinator or supervisor found them and connected it with Star Wars. It, it, uh, that's a fascinating little sub-story. I'd love to dig into that. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea how that works. I wonder if it is a matter of, we want this vibe, uh, we could find, you know, existing music for this vibe to give it a different flavor. And it really, really works, I think. Um, yeah. The uh, the music in, in Ogus Cantina, all throughout Galaxy's Edge, but in Ogus Cantina in particular, makes me really excited uh, to hear more different kinds of music in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, so want to get to the specifics of Fired Up Cyborg's question about what other real uh, world music would fit into Star Wars. But I first just want to take your, your temperature again, because I'm mm -hmm. curious how you're feeling at this point about real music in Star Wars. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of got this long history, right, of some of the music internal to Star Wars that we hear uh, sounds very alien to us, right? The modal node sounded to me as a kid really alien. It still sounds alien, but then I got older and it's like, oh, that's that's Benny Goodman with some weird <laughs> noises added to make it alien yeah. in space, uh, you know, and yeah. it fit with the time period of uh, New Hope's mm -hmm. nostalgia for, for the real world for earlier in the 20th century. Uh, but then as Star Wars goes on, I think there's a like uh, a feeling like it can't sound too real world. It can't sound too modern, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Where are you at with all that these days? I think it is a case by case basis. And if I'm being honest with myself, because, yeah, the modal node is a great example of, well, that's not, you know, it's, it's John Wayne's music, but it's not like, you know, it's not the score. Right. It's in the, and I just, of course, yeah. I'm vibe with that. And Lapty Neck. Hey, come on. Right. Like uh, even the, the Ewok celebration, the original ending to Return of the Jedi, that's a that's the Ewok band playing with, with the Augie's <laughs> uh, uh, great municipal band at the end of Phantom. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Um, but I also understand rubbing up against hearing normal music. It's just I, I think it's because Williams did such a good job and you, you just expected the scores playing in the characters had just as much as we're listening to. <laughs> the, the, you know, the Star Wars Visions uh, was at the Jedi Rocks episode is still my favorite episode of Jedi uh, of, of Star Wars Visions. And I, I know that's wow. not fair to everybody. And I just, and it, it's, and it's a modern pop rock band. I, I just love everything about that 
about what who you are is 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 what you are, and you can use that strength to to help in the galaxy. And and, and I, I think there's some powerful teams in the episode. But I to- I've had a lot of friends uh, who are just like yeah, you know, the music. So I really come down to case by case basis about what do I want to hear a, a Star Wars band have a song in universe? Do I want to hear a real world song in Star Wars? I would not. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it could I could be open to it. Um, I'll end my rant here. The, the, I ended up being a big fan of the Willow series. The first couple episodes, I was like trying to find my way through it. And I realized, oh, I don't need to find my way through it. It's not a story for me. It's for other people. And uh, I love it. I love what it did. Every uh, episode ended with a like a modern cover of a classic song, or in some cases, the actual song, including Dire Straits. And I loved it. And people had pitchforks over it, ready to burn it all down. <laughs> it wasn't in the show, but it was the very end beat. And I thought it worked mm. very effective, effectively. I thought it was, I thought it was wonderful, uh, but I can understand it's not for everybody. So it's an interesting question in Star Wars. Would it work? Could it work? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I, I used to want Star Wars music that is, you know, internal to the world of Star mm-hmm. Wars, that it's musicians playing uh, to feel, you know, really alien and otherworldly. And I still want that. Uh, but I also accept that time moves on and, you know, if you were the right age in 1977 when Star Wars came out, uh, you know, the modal notes didn't sound that otherworldly. Like, that's like, yeah, that's the music I listened to when I was a teen. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, <laughs> yeah right. that's my, uh, my first date with my partner is basically that music, but yeah. not played by, you know, a uh, weird bulbous head <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think I've gotten a little less like, um, I didn't want to hear rock beats in Star Wars. That, that sounded too mm-hmm. modern. But now there's a lot of Kevin Kiner stuff uh, in yeah. uh, in Clone Wars and Rebels with the drumbeat. I, I like. I think what really helped me clarify that I'm I'm super open to almost any style of music in Star Wars, as long as it is taken as, as long as there's an element that's a little bit gives it a little bit more bizarre, alien, otherworldly sound. Yes. Um, that's what all the music to me in Oga's Cantina does really well. There's a wide variety of kinds of music. Um, I did that Rebels rewatch and I really loved, uh, really loved it. Only had a couple things where I was like, yeah, that, that uh, sort of bump that I had the first time I watched it is still there. But most of that went away. Like the, I used to be bothered by the thin lightsabers. Got used to it. Didn't care. Didn't bother me. The one thing that I was like, yep, still don't like that. <laughs> uh, in the, the Chopper's base episode, I believe, there is a scene where Zeb is just kind of kicking back and listening to his song. And it's just like late 80s, 90s kind of power pop meets heavy metal rock. And they're just like, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's just nothing too alien about it. And I realized that's my bump. It's not the drum beat. It's not that that's the music that existed in the real world when I was, you know, mm-hmm. a, a young man. It's that there's nothing, no extra weird flair that makes it sound alien, like not just one to one to the real world. I'm with you on that. And it's hard to put an exact finger on all of this. And, and that's why I think this is definitely a question as with music overall, right? It, 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 your music finds you, I believe, and, and you can grow and change and appreciate different styles and everything. But so, so is, it is with Star Wars. I think I'm with you on that moment. Uh, I think there's, you know, again, the Jedi, uh, the Jedi rocks Star Wars Vision episode. Uh, that I, I have people who are like, "Are you crazy?" Like friends of mine, like, that's the one you like of all those. I was like, "Yeah, I just, it's, I don't know." Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. 
uh, Andor, the the drums coming in. That, that was the end oh, of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ky- you're so right to uh, Kiner, Kevin Kiner, and and his uh, his view on Star Wars music. Both taking what we, I mean, adding drums. Uh, you know, the 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 overriding. Uh, drums uh, sound in, in the main Star Wars theme was like, what is this guy doing? And now it's like one of my favorite things. And then Filoni talking about it in that Mando behind the scenes series, the, the Disney gallery of, like, yeah, you know, we were doing some stuff over there and now you got even the Mando stuff. I'm, I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just has to be case by case. Has to be. Has to be. Yeah. And, and there's even that I've really come to love in the Clone Wars film when they're climbing to the monastery on Teth, there's a real drive and rock beat, which like I used to not like, and now I love it. Great. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, that's a little bit of our take. I'm sure lots of people have takes on what music they feel fits in Star Wars, but let's get back to Fired Up Cyborg's specific question. Is there any real world tracks or close to real world tracks that you feel would work in Star Wars and where? Yeah, so... You know, we love talking music around here. You and I both both big fans of of all kinds of music and artists. And and I, I think my my gut reaction to this was to go to some places that I, I've even talked about before. I, you, how many times do you mentioned David Bowie here? You and I are both big fans of Lady Gaga, and and I was like, there there's always a an ethereal out of world experience in some of their choices, right? And, and yeah. so that, that could be a natural fit. But I wanted to go into the, Fired Up Cyborg did a great. A uh, great little thought started here with this Ahsoka chilling and listening to some synth wave while staring out on a window <laughs> on a rainy course. Coruscant inspires so much stuff. And I went through, it's not a, a genre I go to first, but the, the EDM genre and, and Gaga's 2013 art pop album was, was all playing in that genre. It's all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, you know, kind of the harder electronic sound that Bowie had in the nineties comes to mind. The, the earthling album stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went and then I went barred from Willow here and I, I, I have four songs. Now. I'll just go through them here. Uh, I could play them, but eh, I don't want to, you know, pay, who knows? Get <laughs> by some, some, some union not wanting to play songs without money, which I understand. Uh, anyways, uh, the old radio man in, in me is standing up. Um, I hear, I love weird covers. I love straight ahead covers. I love different versions. I love remixes. I really do. That's why I like the Willow stuff. Uh, so here's Joseph. I got uh, uh, the Creep cover by uh, Nalik. <laughs> With Haley Reinhardt, <laughs> and then remixed by uh, it's remixed by I said B R B Y O R. Showing my un- unhipness here. It's a great EDM cover of Creep. There's a lot of different versions. That's the remix I loved. I, I picked this all out over my coffee this morning. Seven Nation Army, the White Stripe song covered by DJ Fluke and Jackie Nelson. Great. It belongs with like a Jedi taking a final stand against some evil in the galaxy, taking on <laughs> Seven <laughs> Galaxy Army. Uh, running up that hill, of course, you know, oh. we had the, the Stranger Things use of it. Uh, Bombs Away and Regan did a cover of it. I highly recommend that. And then the final one, on, uh, yeah, I may have thrown this in for you, buddy. Uh, the Fifth Guys, Invisible, and the Late Night Project. A lot of people working together on these EDM songs, covering Sweet Child Oh My. <laughs> yeah, that man. EDM, Coruscant, Star Wars playlist. You could put them in anything that Fire Cyborg's describing here. Soka looking out over the... Jedi Temple, it would work. Okay, now now uh, my new headcanon. Uh, people have uh, kind of played with Sweet Trial of Mine. If you listen to the lyrics, it's it's clearly about a dating relationship. Uh, <laughs> but the titles sometimes get used as though it's, you know, about an actual child. Uh, right, Guns right. N' Roses, strangely, I haven't read it yet, but I bought it, strangely put out like a children's book called Sweet Child of Mine. Like, okay, this is weird, but all right, okay. Uh, so now in my headcanon, uh, mm-hmm. after uh, Anakin leaves, and uh, doesn't look back. Shmi goes back into the house and, and listens to that. 
version of Sweet Child of Mine. Do, 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 Sweet Child of Mine. It's great. It's great. I've been listening to them all morning. Well, I got to check that one out. That, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I went, uh, much like you said, to uh, to some of our standbys first of, uh, of, of Bowie and Gaga. In particular, um, last year, last uh, January 8th, I believe, for uh, David Bowie's birthday, uh, I bought Low, uh, nineteen seventy seven album for so a uh, very Star Wars time. Uh, there's yeah. some great instrumental songs on there that I think you could just drop those straight yeah. in to uh yeah to uh, 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 Moody Jedi in the High Republic, a Moody Padawan is <laughs> blasting low in their in their little Jedi bedroom. I think that would work totally for me, and maybe Bell Zetafires into that. I don't know. Um, and then uh, I feel like. Uh, I don't know if there's any one specific song, but like, I think a lot of, uh, Gaga's songs, uh, particularly from her, her latest album, uh, from Chromatica that have, they have a sort of alien sound. They have a dystopian mm-hmm. sci-fi sound. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, especially if you even just took the lyrics out and just used the music, you could, you could mm-hmm. absolutely drop them into, you know, uh, a, a club on Canto Bite. I mean, I want, I want there to be a whole story where, you know, yeah. Lady Gaga plays a, an alien singer who has a residency uh, on Canto Bite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know if I've, I don't know if I found like very specific tracks other than some of the instrumentals on low where I'd be like, just drop them in. No, no problem. Mm-hmm. What I was really thinking about is what real world songs could you take the song, do the song with slightly different instrumentation to make it a little bit more otherworldly, uh, change all of the you know lyrics to Hatice or some other Star Wars language and then you'd be just fine I want to see Ken a pod racing scene where the the song from the band Cake I really like the band Cake mm-hmm. uh, the song The Distance uh, but it's in Hatice and it's got a theremin and it's just in the background of a pod racing scene uh, I love I love Cake that is a great band um 90s people uh, unite here. Uh, that is that's amazing. I love that idea. I I, I see. I, you got me thinking too of like uh, who's like another artist uh, who's got that kind of uh, you know sci-fi alien feel. Put uh, Bjork. Uh, put her just. And I don't, I don't even need one of her songs. Just say, yeah. go write a Star Wars song, <laughs> and we'll see what she comes up. With. Yeah, go write a song. Yeah, that would be awesome. Or just play a character, Bjork. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, yep. And here's my final one. This is not, again, you couldn't just drop it in. You just need to do a Star Wars-ified interpretation of the actual song. Uh, but I would love for, like, maybe some straight-laced Jedi to walk into kind of a dangerous uh, cantina or saloon and a Star Wars version of the Beastie Boys' So What You Want is just blaring. That's a good, yeah. Ah, oh, that could work. <laughs> very, very yeah. challenging. Like, oh, oh boy. Okay. Well, we're gonna. These, these are some uh, rough and ready fellows in this cantina. We're gonna have to. Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. This is a very fun uh, thought exercise. And thanks, uh, Fired Up Cyborg, for the question and the reminder about that music and uh, giving uh, a chance for me to listen to that song. This is awesome. Yeah. No. Uh, great stuff. And and uh, I also love that. Uh, you know, if we had done this podcast in like 1983 we'd be suggesting sticks and mr roboto <laughs> uh so sci-fi sci-fi man do you think uh do you think 3po was really into uh mr roboto yeah oh yes he, that was his jam yeah was, i mean it's very polite i want to thank you i want to thank you it's basically protocol <laughs> that's amazing please 
Uh, all right, uh, we're going to move on to our next question. Comes to us also from Twitter from Steve Coleman. Steve says, hi, friends who get me to work every morning. I can't stop thinking about a Star Wars Resistance season three and what can happen with Colossus and its inhabitants. What do they do after Exegol? So many possibilities. How about you? Uh, where, are you where are you at with this one, Ken? Do you want a season three of Star Wars Resistance? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I want to kind of go back and once again rewatch Resistance. I had done so God, two, three years ago. Time flies during a pandemic, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so at one point, I actually finished up the whole series again. I would love that. Uh, you know, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. But there's a lot to think about, and 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 it was so open ended. But also, I thought emotionally and thematically, kind of came to a good close. So I would, and then uh, I got a good pitch here. But uh, I'm going to ask if you would I want a third season. I do, I do, uh, with with an asterisk. Um, mm-hmm. There's a part of me that's uh, two two ways to look at it. Um, I would like there to be a third season that maybe doesn't go past Exegol, but rather up to Exegol. We'll talk mm-hmm. more about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a part of me that that it loves what Steve's pitching of like, yeah, I would love to see how these characters and the Colossus and its community uh, go forward after the total fall of the the first and final orders mm-hmm. but i just get hung up on i feel like that that time period needs to be more defined right yeah and i just uh, i i want all of the the storytellers to kind of have the elbow room to create that era right um and i feel like if the films are going to define that era a little bit and what the challenges of it are I almost want the films to come first. So I'm almost like, I would love if there was like a, you know, 10th anniversary. Wow. Did you grow up with Star Wars Resistance? It's back for a third season. Uh, So it has the elbow room to tell the story that it wants once the kind of parameters of that era are uh, more defined uh, Mm. by a film. Love that idea. Yeah. I love, I love the definition proposal here. I I like the proposal of, uh, what we grew up with as TV movies of the week, but (laughs) (laughs) well, there's just been that there's just been this kind of understandable tension, I think about not wanting to box in storytelling. Right. I think that's, what's been going on with Mm -hmm. some of the like uh, slight revisions in animation from things that were in publishing. Um, I know with uh, tales of Jedi was a a much larger issue that isn't just about storytelling. It's about, you know, uh, changing uh, characters who, who have a diverse and different perspective and do, other yeah. characters so i know with with tales of the jedi instance uh that's kind of larger than just star wars uh but mm-hmm. i'm talking about just within star wars right of like a little tweak to gain and little tweak to ahsoka's uh lightsaber colors all that kind of stuff like i i want to avoid that you know and i and i think it's kind of been great that i think behind the scenes favreau has been just like don't don't tell extra stuff about the mandalorian in yeah. about din in publishing right now because we don't want to get into this little corrections here and there and i think that's that's what i'm reacting to when i think of well if they just ran forward with the star wars resistance season three now is that going to cause headaches down the line when somebody wants to do a film and like well we established this about the first order remnants but that would be like i just don't i just don't want that to be a distraction for us in our star wars storytelling yeah yeah and it can easily be and and this isn't a call for a plan remember those days no it's a call for you know exactly what you're saying let storytellers be storytellers and there's so many different stories and uh, so many different mediums and 
Uh, I'm not proposing that comics get pulled back. That's comics uh, are wonderful, but they're filling in so many blanks sometimes that I, I, I sometimes have that worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyways, well, folks on the positive, there's a uh, storytelling to be had, I think with the resistance crew. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you had a pitch. I'm very curious about that. Oh, okay. First of all, uh, so the, the question is, uh, what do they do after Exegol? So this starts with more drinks in Anzi's Tavern. <laughs> right? That's how the second final season ends. Uh, because they're going to save the day and, you know, we need a drink. Uh, so I think that. But then I think, I think you have this opportunity to take uh, the, the Colossus crew around to systems, planets, down to the communities directly affected by the First Order. This is a, a an idea of a, a front lines rebuild and, and a look towards a new dawn. You got uh, was the the, uh, the kids from Tahar, Kel and Elia, right? Uh, they can mm. help the efforts. They understand that. Tam, who uh, is makes a, a redemption choice at the end, but I think maybe needs to build on the redemption. Might know a little bit more about that. Might feel compelled to not just make good for the part that she played with the First Order, but you know, really be behind that. Uh, Kaz as well, and and. I think the fun part of it is when you go from a uh, system to planet to communities, you have this traveling city uh, that you can have supplies and so you can give some free drinks, food, all those kind of things. But also part of the recovery is entertainment and you could, you have a race tour. Now you got these racers and it can be a celebratory thing here. Uh, we're here to help you. We're here to provide needed supplies, comfort, all those kind of things. The first order took that from me, but also, Hey, racers. And you have this uh, traveling circus of goodwill. I love that. A traveling circus of goodwill. I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, running into, you know, pirates and people are trying to take advantage of the yeah. chaos and the confusion. Right. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd mm-hmm. be great. Uh, people always joke about the uh, the Cheers spinoff, uh, the Star Wars Cheers spinoff. Uh, Aunt Z's. I'd probably just watch a show called Aunt Z's. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, totally would. Totally yeah. would. Uh, yeah. What if Aunt Z took over the entire ship and the whole thing? <laughs> massive bar yeah yeah uh, yeah no, that'd be great uh yeah i, I i'm really I, i'm really happy with resistance i really enjoy it and i do feel like they told their story and and wove it in with event major events of the sequel trilogy for sure but i think also that there was that like yeah you know we can't go right up to rise of skywalker because of all the development you know phases that are going on but now that now that rise of skywalker is stamped it's there it's done Man, I would love if they just announced a season three revival. And I feel like they left off with enough room to still tell mm-hmm. more of the story of what the galaxy was like, you know, between The yeah. Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, which they certainly do in season two. I'm I'm, I'm aware of that. But like the build up to the Colossus's role in Exegol mm-hmm. and like give them another story arc that emotionally for all the characters could end in what's going on with them at yeah. Exegol. Right. You know. Uh, you get into that thing too of, of, do you hear Lando's speech, you know, (laughs) and what is it? Or, or is that a thing where people like, we want to imagine Lando's speech. We never want to hear it, you know? Yeah. 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 That's, that's a bigger question for another day, but I like that idea. I I would want to hear it. Like just like a version of it, like a, a hologram version of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but now I'm getting excited, especially after my rebels rewatch, I might need to do a, a resistance rewatch. Uh, here's the thing. I, I, I know it wasn't as watched and, and, and we, uh, I, you know, it's skewed younger at times. You and I discussed some things we rubbed up against, but it's got wonderful characters, man. Jarek Yeager, uh, a, a war veteran struggling through a lot of things that happened there is, is an amazing character. Uh, Tora Doza, the Doza family. 
uh, you and I both love a lot of the characters in there and it's worth revisiting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Totally 100% agreed on that. Star Wars Resistance Season 3, uh, we are all for it. It's just a matter of when, both in the Star Wars timeline and in our yeah. Earth timeline. Yeah. And, of course, we want all the music that we just listed to feature in Star Wars Resistance as well. Yeah. Uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. Back in a moment with questions from our patrons on Patreon. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
And we are back with questions from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Robin Nilsson. Robin says, hello, I listened to one of your Q&A shows a while back, and you joked about asking for more mothers in Star Wars and getting Edie Karn. It made me laugh, but also thinking about all the other mothers we now have in Andor alone. There are three very different types, Edie, Mon, and Marva in Rebels, Hera, and Kenobi. Kenobi, we got some quality time with Brea and even Beru. And in the sequel trilogy, Leia being there for not only Ben, but Rey, Poe, and Finn as well. So to my question, which two characters would you choose for parents? <laughs> uh, Robin says, my answer would be Qui-Gon and Shmi. And as a runner-up, Gardula and Shriv. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. If anybody's listening is like, ah, Gardula and Shriv, give yourself the treat of a Google and look at that parenting team. That's amazing. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. So again, uh, like some of our other questions this week, we, we will get to the core question of, you know, who you, who we want our Star Wars parents to be. But how do you feel about um, the uh, better... Um, presentation of mothers i guess the more varied uh, having more mother figures more tales that can be kind of looked at through a maternal lens uh robin lists a ton of them how are you feeling about that i think robin did a great job and and just kind of reminding us and everyone that hey it, it's definitely provided us more options more stories uh and, and more characters and and revisiting characters we already no, Brea and, and Baru. I mean, the, that's been one of the best things about this last year or so of Star Wars, I agree. Uh, I think you and I focusing on Edie Karn is, uh, we discussed some of the reasons why. Um, <laughs> so I love it. I love it. And I want more and I want more with these characters. I, um, whether it's a season two of Kenobi, I am for that. I am I am all for a uh, Lessons with Lil Leia spinoff series. <laughs> she goes into like junior high. I, give me that too as well and give me more Breha. Organa as well. She's a fascinating character, and, and uh, Simone Kessel did a great job with it. So I, I'm I, I like where we're at, and there's, we always say we always want more. But to, to move uh, to move the ball down the field and get more of these characters, it's, it's been very noticeable. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great, you know, and I think especially with uh, Star Wars being one of its most famous core stories is this the father figure of of mm -hmm. Vader, right? And then uh, Rogue One really Lyra has a presence, right? But there's so much focus on on Galen in that relationship. So right. I think it, it's great to have uh, have more. I, I think uh, Robin's saying it, but what I really love is about Andor is having all of these mother figures. Uh, mm -hmm. So you can have a character like Edie, who is, in in our opinion, clearly <laughs> not a great mom. Uh, some some maybe some problems there. Uh, but you can have that character because it's not like the show is saying like, here's, this is our only mother character. So that's our commentary on moms. That's what yeah. they're like. You know, yeah. that to me is what is great about having lots of different perspectives. Um, and I, I want to take every opportunity possible uh, to share my strong opinion that this is one of the great things about Rise of Skywalker is everything that it did for Leia. It, it not only the sort of centering her as a Jedi and as just important, just as important as Luke, right. Um, having her be raised Jedi master, Jedi mentor, uh, but all those things that are in the film that really do paint her is the, the, the matron, the mother figure, not just of the rebellion, the resistance, but specifically having that sort of connection to Poe and Finn and Ray is, and obviously, you know, Ben's, uh, challenge is really hinging on whether or not he can ever go back to his mom. I, I just think it's mm -hmm. so great to have 
elevated Leia's role as a mother so significantly in that film. It's it's there in the Last Jedi. It's there in the Force Awakens. But I, I feel like Rise of Skywalker really underlines it. Yeah, I think I think it brought it home in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that, obviously, because like, all the points that I cry in the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we are gonna you know move on when I uh, find my place um, <laughs> because I realized uh, I was about to start asking you about wh- who you wanted to, your Star Wars parents to be, but then I remembered uh, I also like that we have not necessarily a. Uh, uh, literal uh, biological moms or even adoptive moms, but we have mother figures in Mandalorian. I think mm-hmm. both the armor and, and Peli mm-hmm. being kind of maternal figures to Din, you know, even if the age difference isn't fully there, they're kind of playing that role, right? Of mm-hmm. uh, a maternal figure, giving him some advice on how to get through the galaxy. Different advice at best. Uh, <laughs> maybe wrong on one side. We're going to find out more uh, though. You know, I think the armor did, uh, you know, I don't know. Din's all right. He has some some good traits. So something he must have picked up something along the way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Anyway, now we'll move on to Robin's actual question, which is picking some Star Wars parents. Uh, did you come up with a list, Ken, or did you just got a one and done? These are my Star Wars parents. A couple options here, and I wanted to be creative. I wanted to mix a match. I wanted to do a lot of great things, but sometimes you just got to answer with your heart here. And I'll, I'll say first, I think. I, I love my mother and she's great. She, I, want, I, don't want anyone to think, I want anyone to think otherwise. I did just have a lot of some of the, not all, I want to be clear, not all of the characteristics of Edie Karn, but there's just some strong vibes that just, I had to work through some things <laughs> in Andor. Um, so because I have that, I think I would want a little bit more Marva. Not all the time, mm. Marva at, at, at the end, at the end of her life and just some of the real real hard truths that Andor needed to hear that Cassian needed to hear uh, came from her and not just how she inspired the community, but just those moments with him uh, resonated with me in another way as well. And, and, and I think I, I could have used that at some point. Maybe, maybe though Marva's like that cool aunt. I don't know. Maybe that's how that would work. <laughs> um, because on the other side, you know, I, I, Leia is just absolutely one of my favorite characters. Everything you're saying about Rise of Skywalker is so right. She is uh, the mother at the center of it all. But this is a Leia slash Carrie thing. I I almost think Leia for me would have ended up being just a wonderful grandma figure. <laughs> mm. I uh, My mom's mom was this wonderful five foot two uh, fiery redhead who went through just some horrible things and uh, survived a lot and uh, left us when she was 72. But um, it had that kind of like very protective, very good. It wasn't like the crazy, like here, have a, uh, actually I was going to say, have a sip of beer. She literally said, here, try beer one time. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, she's like, good, don't drink that. Um, but it was like that kind of counterbalance, right? I think Leia late in the game has some of that counterbalance energy. Mm. What advice you get at home? Cool. But let me tell you how it really is. And let me tell you what you need. <laughs> and that's a lot. I have to admit, that's a lot with some of the Carrie vibes. Uh, but Carrie and Leia forever intertwined as we know. So that's where I go with that. And then my final answer, the actual, this is where I try to get creative. I try to mix and match. Hera and, and Kanan. I just, I'd, I'd travel the galaxy with them. Let's do it. Raise me right. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, that that is a great pick. I love when on the show they just, they talk about the kids. Like, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially on like mission, missions where Ezra and Sabine are like blowing things up that they're not supposed to. And like, oh, what are the kids doing? We better go get the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could not go wrong, I think, with uh, with Hera mm-hmm. and Kanan. That's a great pick. Uh, and I know what you're saying about the the great grandma energy of uh, yeah. Leia and uh, the elements of the character of Leia that, that were clearly uh, gifted to the character from Carrie Fisher herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like uh, I'm not a parent, but it feels like sometimes parents are like they they're trying to teach kids the way the world should work. Right. And mm-hmm. then you have a great sort of grandparent figure or a Marva aunt figure who goes like, yeah, Sesame Street is right. Everyone should share. But a lot of people don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what you're really going to do, kid. You know, and it's still coming to, from a place of love, but a little bit more of that sort of hard knocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's yes. let's look at the reality, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Just some <laughs> hard truths. Hard truths. Casa, you need to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Hard truths, but with with love. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. The the total stereotype of like, hey, whenever I go over to grandma's house, uh, she's got some treats. She gives me five dollars mm-hmm. and she tells me the bleeping truth. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Very tempting. Very tempting. So I got in this weird place where I was kind of trying to mix and match. And then I was like, OK, OK. Yeah. I was like, wait, no, that doesn't work age wise. What am I breaking up another relationship to do this? Like uh, yeah. I wasn't sure exactly how to approach it. So um, this one, I'm going to start weird. Uh, but uh, Bale and Baru, like, look, I'm not trying to break up their marriage. I'm not trying to do like, you know, a Star Wars key, key bowl party here. Uh, 1975 key bowl party. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about, a, a you know, a different reality. I'm just picking two characters the same mm-hmm. age. Uh, I just think it's, you know, Bale is just such a strong centered presence, right? Like, yeah, absolutely great father material. You've, you've talked eloquently mm-hmm. about how much you love his scenes and his relationship with Leia, but just like, mm-hmm. uh, the clear amount of guidance, like he's going to help you do anything. He knows how to do a ton of stuff. And if he doesn't know how to do it, he's going to figure it out and, and help you learn to do it. Right. And mm-hmm. there's just such love, um, that, that, I forgot about that great Kenobi scene where Leia is, you know, doubting that she's a real Organa and just his performance is mm-hmm. so great. Uh, and then Brew, man, we've talked about Brew too, but like that, the I've always liked Brew because she was the one who wanted to let Luke grow up. <laughs> yes, yes. Teach him strong, teach him how to be strong, let him go. Then when they need us, we'll be here for them. Like uh, that's, uh, yeah. I, I really like that. And then knowing that she's like, well, I'm not going to tell my husband, but uh, I'm going to have our, our farm kitted out for battle. <laughs> Shotguns everywhere. Yeah. And th- yeah. I like to imagine that they were everywhere. And like after yeah. that event, Owen's like checking every corner. He's like, Bru, I found like 18 sawed off blasters. Yeah. Uh, but just that. And I think that just that difference between Bale, you know, being a politician, being someone kind of mm-hmm. of the galaxy and Bru being someone who is like very, very down to earth. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So those two occurred to me. Uh, I got two others. Uh, one is like, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to match make. This isn't a, this isn't my Star Wars dating app. Uh, but uh, they are alive around the same time and have some different things to teach. I think they get along well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Din Djarin and Ahsoka Tano. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a great, that's because we're, yeah, we're kind of experiencing moments of that, aren't we? Yeah. I guess they were, they do have moments yeah. of co-parenting Grogu, don't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is just, I want to be Grogu. I want to I be, be 
Yeah. <laughs> I want to ride around in a pram and use the force when I feel like it. Um, yeah. No, I just think it, it, Din Djarin is this amazing father story, right? Um, mm-hmm. Who I, I don't think he ever went out of his way to say, Mandalorians are dads. That's what they are. But this journey with Grogu of like, what, I can't allow, you know, a foundling, a youngling to see a Mandalorian as a threat. We're, we're caregivers because that's how I first encountered Mandalorians, yeah. you know? Um, and not really having the emotional capacity or like knowledge, but, but building it out, you know? Uh, mm. yeah, just that, that, you know, that dad who doesn't uh, quite know what they're doing, but loves you a lot. So they're going to figure it out. Eh, that, that's appealing. Uh, and I just think Ahsoka, I think Ahsoka has a lot to offer in terms of guidance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you were a teen, right. And you, you know, got your first car and you, you, smacked it up you know ahsoka wouldn't be like you've messed everything she'd be like yeah, yeah I, i've done that <laughs> yeah. Let me tell did you, you get a bunch of y wings and uh, blown up yeah, yeah. Th- th- then it's okay that you put a dent in your car you know yeah i agree that that's great. yeah that's so and my final one this is super weird uh i i would like to be imagine that i am a clone of luke skywalker <laughs> discovered on exegol and then I am raised by Ray and Finn. <laughs> so you're Luke. <laughs> four U's. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll just do Luke too. I'll just be Luke too. That's fine with me. You know, I'm going to just add a, add a wrinkle on that. Raised by Ray, Finn, and Poe. Just oh, right. All three of them. You get oh, all yeah. quadrants covered. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just an, an aunt and two uncles who know a lot and yeah. probably have some disagreements like, Hey, yeah, you, if you get three parents, you can really play the, well, Hey, uh, Finn told me I could do this. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ray told me I could do this. That's who do you think out of the three of them, if they were, if the three of them together were co-parenting, who's the strictest? Who's the one who says no the most? Um, I actually think in a weird way, it might be Poe. It wouldn't I'm be right Ray. there with you. Yeah. It wouldn't be Ray because Ray so self-sufficient did so much on her own would really be like, Hey, I had no rule. Like, you know, you got to go out and find your way. Uh, yeah. Finn, for obvious reasons might be like, I, I don't like authoritarian figures coming down. <laughs> Children, <laughs> Poe is so a rock and roll wild child. Uh, you know, rebelled against his his father. I I really do love that that uh, book uh, by Alex mm-hmm. his youth in relation with his father. And so I think there would be a little bit of you know Poe. The punishment for Poe would be having a a, a, a child just like him, right? <laughs> Where mm-hmm. he'd be like, oh, no, I was. So I think I think there'd be some kind of mix that he would emerge the most ruled rule following parent i i think you broke it down perfectly i think uh i think uh finn's force gifts are also very intuitive so i think he'd really be on your wavelength and he'd understand how you're feeling mm-hmm. uh so that would help a lot i, I love the picture of ray of like i mean we have that in the real world right of people like well i, I just used to go out on my bike and i just have to be home by 10 p.m no helmet i'd eat things i found on the ground nobody cared i turned out fine right it's, i it's- think ray would have a little of that like you don't need a helmet on a shuttle. I hey, I I built uh, my yeah. own speeder. You don't need a helmet on a speeder. It's it's a very <laughs> generational reference, but Ray was a latchkey kid, and so <laughs> she gets it. She gets it. 
In the biggest way, instead of waiting for your parents to come home at about six or seven, she's been waiting for them to come home for years and years and years. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And then in Poe is the like, totally not getting that other people need to experience what you did, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. like, no, no, hey, I tried out rebellion. It doesn't work real well. Don't do it. And like, come on, come on, Poe. Kids got to go through it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. We might have kicked off a firestorm by analyzing the parenting techniques of the heroes of the sequel trilogy. (laughs) Uh, But that's a great question, Robin. Uh, We are going to move on to our final question from Sean Bushnowski. I hope I got close on the pronunciation. My apologies if I did not. Uh, Sean says, hi, Four Center crew. My question relates to Imperial officers and personnel. Rewatching the first season of Bad Batch and now with the first few episodes of season two out, I've really enjoyed the addition of Admiral Rampart to the saga, but in a love to root against him kind of way. Now, it's easy to have soft spots for some officers like Ken with Jared Gerard, but who are some of your favorites to root against? This is a fun question, and I really agree about Admiral Rampart really enjoying him in season two. Yeah. So, uh, Ken, you you have a soft spot for for Jared Gerard and, and some uh, other rebels as well, but who do you just love to hate? This, this was hard, Sean, because yeah, I, I always said I love my Imperial officers, which is weird to say, especially as time moves on. And in trying to form this list, I was like, no, no, I'm kind of rooting for them too. Piet, I, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he, you know, you deserve that promotion. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's some options. So I had to dig a little deeper. And I do start with one that uh, is, is, I don't know if it's obvious, obvious but uh, Conan Antonio Modi. Uh, mm. Um the you know the from the Death Star conference room uh, gets choked by Vader. That guy, that guy, Modi, because it, what he's standing for, he is such like even Vader's like, hey, this thing isn't you know strategically this isn't the best. Spiritually, it might not be the best. I'm not saying he's trying to save lives, but you know Vader's and Modi's just like, no, no, this is going to be great. We're literally going to wipe people out. It's awesome. We're going to use fear. <laughs> Fear of this battle station, which we just kind of know what that means. Uh, whether or not he, you know, uh, we might not have to. Just fear itself will, will be the weapon. In his head, he's like, I, I, oh, Krennic told me. I heard about this before Scarif. Uh, Tarkin told me how it worked so well on Scarif. <laughs> I'm excited. I want to see this. So I, I, I'm rooting against him. Whereas like Cassio Tag. Uh, you know, even even Palpatine later on promotes him because he's like, yeah, you were the only one really in that room uh, other than Vader to, to be like, eh, the rebels could expose this weakness here. So you root for him, root against Modi. Uh, then I go to Blevin from Andor, ISB. Mm-hmm. He's such a great job. Uh, you know, we you know we and a lot of fans were found found ourselves oddly rooting for uh, Dejamir along the way. Uh, Blevin part of the part of that is because of Blevin. Part of that, mm-hmm. is just want him to get his. Uh, so that's an answer. Then I went to Rebels, actually. Uh, Governor Price and Admiral Constantine. Ooh, uh, yeah. Very, very easy to root for. Price, in a weird way, she, how do I say this? In the Well, I'll just say it. She's she's this uh, uh, woman that's rose, uh, rose in the Empire, uh, very hardworking, you know, very hardworking. A lot of her stories in the Thrawn novels that accompany mm-hmm. the Rebels at period of time. But she's the one that would still say, but yeah, her emails when voting. And she does not, she <laughs> rises in power and uses that power for wrong reason. Uh, and maybe had some face things along the way that you could justify some of her anger, rage, and, and, and problems. Just make some bad choices along the way. So I had no problem rooting for her. Um, she, was, she was a problem for me. Constantine, just a smug imperial. 
uh, got his. And then my final one, it's so funny the timing. <laughs> <laughs> the timing yeah, is on a small level. Uh, I, I think this character might be on yours. And I had to look up the name. I got a text from uh, our pal Alden Diaz, Octo Radio, controversial Twitter personality. He was like, do you know the name of the Imperial officer that yells, that says rebel scum in front of the Jedi? And I said, at one point I did. Joseph probably does. I don't study <laughs> anymore. I don't know his name. So I, we both, he said, well, here's the answer. So it's Officer Rend. And uh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, you rebel scum. Like, you're going to, I want a power pack tossed in your face like Colonel Dyer. And I want you to, <laughs> so you don't have enough time to root against Dyer. He's just gone. But that guy, Officer Rent, I want him, I want him to get his. Oh, yeah. No. And I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. yeah. That's a great pick. Yeah. And uh, I have lost a lot of, uh, of my trivia, but Rens, I think because it sounds like a name, a good name to root against. Yes. yes. <laughs> You wrens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, love it. Great list. Um, yeah, I think I, I do have soft spots. I realize I have a, a big soft spot for Piet, and I always have, mm-hmm. I think, because you see uh, both the competence and the vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many Imperial officers who are uh, totally cocky, right? Or totally rigid and uncreative, right? Or uh, clumsy and stupid, as Vader himself says. And Piet clearly, in just those few scenes has savvy and and competence and has that like real awareness of like yep um yeah i i realized that (laughs) the severance package from the empire is death so uh i'm gonna be real careful uh love i've always loved uh piet and i and hux i don't know he was he he's so evil but so pathetic you know yes um that I got a soft spot for him too. I know our question wasn't soft spot, but uh, I wanted to create uh, some contrast there. Uh, for rooting against, uh, the, I got one, um, not obscure, but one smaller role in the, in the general canon. But uh, I mean, my honest answer is uh, two, two big ones. And the first is Tarkin. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I I enjoyed that Tarkin book. It's been a long time. It was great to understand his perspective, but understanding mm-hmm. someone's perspective doesn't necessarily in any way mean agreeing yep. with it. You yep. know, like, yep. and, it, and his isn't a super tragic background, right? It, it isn't like, mm-hmm. say, Anakin or, or Ben Solo who went through some hard things and got manipulated. He's like, he grew up in a culture that really believed everybody's out for themselves and it's kill or be killed. Mm-hmm. And that's the way everything works, period, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you understand where he came from, but that cold, cruel efficiency above all things, and that is never to be questioned, mm. uh, that vibe in uh, the Clone Wars episodes, you know, particularly uh, when we meet him. Mm. Uh, and that uh mm-hmm. same vibe when he pops up in rebels and it's like it's the first crack in in callus's uh armor that we see yeah. of you know people fail and they just get executed and tarkin's like great that's Love life it. get yep. used to it yep. <laughs> you know and uh and tarkin's so great in a new hope because he does have that one flicker of doubt in his cockiness you know yes and, and that yeah so anyway uh other big one is krennic you know i'm i'm never mm. on krennic's side i'm never hoping that things turn out for him so i really in terms of a favorite to root against like i love watching krennic i 
read eight Krennic books. I'd watch a Krennic miniseries, you know, because uh, the, the character is charming and interesting, but I never want him to win in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to Krennic that we've talked about over the years. There's just this. He, he, it is the tale of middle management, but it's the tale of someone just, you know, your heart burning for the wrong things, ambition, uh, power, all those kind of things at play. It, it's done in a fascinating way. And a lot of it, obviously, Ben Mendelsohn. So, so great, which is why I hope we get a little more Krennic. I would love action. some Krennic in Andor. That would be great because it is just one of those characters of like, hey, I can I can see a storytelling uh, reasons that would be interesting for him to show up. But he's also just one of those characters of like, I would like to spend more time with that character, please. Yeah. Yeah. So I can root against him. And speaking of the general Andor timeline, the other one for me in Andor was uh, the the one episode wonder, J-Hold Behas. <laughs> uh, it was, I think that the Imperial officers in the First Order officers are in some ways the, the hardest to write because some have some of them have popped up in books or comics where I feel like maybe not enough variation has been found, right? Because you have uh, the overly rigid, you have the, the incompetent, you have the climbing, you have the, the, the ones who have a specific vendetta against a a rebel or resistance, like, and it's easy for them to sort of fall into these uh, tropes. uh, Mm -hmm. And and like, and then you're like, where's the spark that makes them unique, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Jehold Bias, I think, was one of these. He represented all those things, right? The the climbing, the uh, cruelty, the disdain for other cultures, the absolute assurance that the Empire was correct in in every way. But like so many things in Andor, it was this really grounded, real world. Like you see, that's that's who this person is through and through. That's the way they treat their family, right? Uh, and and down to that that heart attack, which like. Mm-hmm. I feel real bad saying I don't feel bad for somebody who had a heart attack. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there, but so much work is put in in that one episode to show you this is a person who is rotted to the core uh, yeah. in every way, not just their job, right? Mm-hmm. But the way they treat their family, the way they look at other cultures, everything. So he, he's a character that I love every second of him on screen uh, because I'm so rooting against him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's weird to think it, it is a one shot. You're right. Kind of one yeah. and done. Fills mm-hmm. up so much space uh, yeah. in, in that, in that episode. It, it's hard to believe it's only one episode, but yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. There is a bunch of Star Wars characters we love to hate. That's about as negative as we get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on Force Center. That's the most we've used the word hate in a long time. Yeah, uh, but a very very uh, fun question. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, everybody who sent in a question. We're going to go on to our power of the light side. If you're a patron on Patreon, we still have our prompt up. Just look under the uh, tab for posts. And if you want to share a moment or a thing or anything you love about Star Wars, feel free. This one comes to us from Paul Denuso, and Paul says, "Greetings. I would like to share two memories of Star Wars with regards to my children." My firstborn, Alex, was born in 2000, right after The Phantom Menace. Mm. There I grew up with it, and I used to watch uh, them all the time, and it got to the point where if a single note of Duel of the Fates was heard, they would drop anything they were doing and run to get their lightsaber, because it was duel time. (laughs) (laughs) Much more recently, my youngest son, who is 16, is not into Star Wars as much. He loves anime, such as Attack on Titan and Mob Psycho. 
we've gotten uh, together and we bond by going back and forth. He watches Star Wars with me and I watch whatever anime he chooses. He is enjoying Star Wars much more now. And while he may never love it like I do, it is a good time together. Right now we're in the fifth season of Clone Wars. and We found one thing we can bond over. Hondo Onaka. Hondo is my son's favorite character and he lights up anytime Hondo is on screen. That's it. I love the positivity and energy you guys bring to our favorite galaxy far, far away. And as I start up a podcast of my own with fellow Force Center fan, Matty Gunner, called Holy Snokes, a Star Wars podcast on PLD Projects, always be plugging, we can only hope to emulate the tone, uh, positivity, and genuine love of Star Wars. Uh, thank you, Paul, for the kind words and congrats on the podcast. Ken, what are your thoughts or reactions to these uh, happy Star Wars memories? Love it. And yeah, PLD is wonderful. He was one of the co-writers of the Schmodown uh, trivia show. A lot of the great trivia questions uh, uh, working Remember the Titans into a Star Wars question was was a, 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 a feather in his cap last season. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Uh, and this is uh, wonderful. It just talks about the spirit of, of a lot of what we uh, are going in here. You and I aren't parents, as we've said before. Uh, Jen is. So I don't know the struggle of having a child who looks at Star Wars and goes, eh, Dad, not as much for me. I mean, I don't know what that means, you know, and I, you know, go live your life. Like, I don't want to make my life yours. So to have something to bond over and have it be so specific as Hondo and Naka, just again, goes to what we talk about, a point of view, perspectives, entry points in the Star Wars. And there's always going to be something for someone that, that gets you on in. Maybe it's Gonky. Maybe it's Hondo and Naka. Maybe it is a Hapabore. Something might connect you and you don't know when. Uh, and it just speaks to the wide, wonderful world of Star Wars. So, uh, Paul, it's wonderful. Uh, Maddie's great. We're going to see Maddie over there at Star Wars Celebration over there in the UK. He's making great music over there. Uh, so wonderful stuff there. Thanks for celebrating with us. Yeah, absolutely. I love hearing uh, these different stories about how, how people's kids react to Star Wars. I love the utterly classic, just the thrill of the lightsaber. <laughs> I love the idea that Duel of the Fates is like just this uh, almost Pavlovian response. Like, all right, it's time. Let's go. Uh, I love that. I still feel that way sometimes uh, as an adult. And yeah, I love hearing uh, what... Uh, what different entertainment storytelling is grabbing people and then kind of maybe how they see Star Wars through the filter of it. So I would love to hear, you know, yeah. a kid who is super into anime and then comes to Star Wars, like what what connections do they find, you know, other than the actual uh, anime uh, Star Wars and Visions. Uh, so that's great. And always a shout out to Hondo. All right, Ken, that is our power of the light side. Those are our questions. Where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Hive Social at Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Don't forget figure fights coming in February and some more stuff. So get ready. Subscribe over there on YouTube if you haven't already. Podcasts available on a lot of different spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash Force Center slash uh, yeah, com slash user slash force center. All the years I finally missed it. Uh, don't forget to head over there and, and order a shirt so you can wear it at Star Wars Celebration and we can find you easier in a crowd. You can find us by just walking around the convention floor holding pints of lager. Patreon.com slash force centers where you can support us directly. You can find me at Ken Knapsack or my website, KenNapsack.com. I'm uh, highlighting my show, The Blathering, on my Knapsack Network podcast feed. Same podcast feed I've had since 2013. Just did some rebranding and have a new show that's a little more off, definitely off the cuff, a little bit more from the heart on some bigger issues issues in life it's called the blathering check it out over there joseph where can they find and follow you 
Yeah, you can find me on almost all the social media. My handle everywhere is uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm still on Twitter. I'm on Hive. I'm on Mastodon. I'm on TikTok. Uh, some more uh, people are coming and joining me over on Instagram. I would love to see uh, more people on Instagram. Uh, that is a it's a pleasant space. As social media goes, uh, Instagram's quite pleasant. So trying to spend a little bit more time there. You can also uh, go to my YouTube channel. I am posting some of my uh, not unboxing videos there. I'll be posting uh, some more stuff. I've got a video that I'm uh, a short film that I'm prepping to release in late January or early February. So new stuff coming. So uh, please subscribe now if you are interested. That is it. But for myself, for Ken, for Hondo Onaka and the question of whether he'd be a good parent in Star Wars, this has been Cues of the Force. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.